Good morning, everybody. Well, that last song at the end, you know what that reminded me of? Fourth of July uh, at the, the finale. I just love that. Boom, 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 boom. Jay on those drums is pretty cool. So sweet. Good to have you with us. If you're a guest today, I can encourage you to fill out the connection card. You can do it online or you can do it here in person. Drop it in the basket. Get a free T-shirt. Live life on purpose on us. And uh, we're glad to have you with us today. Uh, so good to be in the house of the Lord. Is it crazy outside sometimes or what? So, you know, uh, but we stay steady in God and you just stay steady on the Lord and we don't panic. God has got this and we trust in him. All that being said, you know, we talk a lot about the kingdom of God. And so I wanted to, to talk, and this is where the Lord's got us today. I wanted to talk about the kingdom because sometimes we say it and we are like, oh, yeah, the kingdom, sure, the kingdom of God. And we understand that in a kingdom has a king and that king reigns. And in that kingdom, there are, there are laws and things that work. And, and if we learn those, we can operate in good standing in the kingdom as far as knowing how things work. And so that's good. But we also want to, I want to peel that back just a little bit more if I could today. Just kind of take it down to the grassroots, so to speak. What is it, what it's made up of and, and all of that. So now I want to go way past what we kind of, you know, we're just talking. But I want to go back to, you know, okay, let's, what does the Bible say about the kingdom? So our main scripture, our main text today is Romans 14, 17. It says, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink, but living a life of goodness and peace and joy in, everybody say in, in the Holy Spirit. Now, the New King James of that same scripture says this, the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So our mindset kind of has been one that we are just, we're raised to think a couple things. I mean, we're born up a certain way, and that's how we think it functions. And then if you find out it functions different, you go, what? That's crazy. I always thought it was this or that or but we have limits on our mindset because we, we yield to our human reasoning. And God did give you a brain. You know, some of us, we probably need to exercise it more. But uh, he did give us a brain. Before we really get into started, let's say hi to our online crowd. God bless you guys. You can click on that uh, connection form and fill that out, and we can get information to you. Uh, we can't get you a shirt unless you show up in person. So, yeah, that's kind of the uh, we wanted to do that. So, anyway. Uh, let's moving right on. So we're, we're going with all of that. So this is what I want us to understand. In our own mindset, we reason things out. We have our own mindset of how we reason. And in that mind, how many would understand that our minds are not God's minds? I mean, his thoughts are higher than ours, and we get that. So we have a sin-conscious mind, and God has a righteousness mindset, okay? So I want to talk about that for just a second, um, we need to understand something, and so I wanted to put this out right at the beginning. Sometimes we struggle with our faith, and I really don't think some of you have a faith issue. You have a righteousness issue. You don't have a faith issue. You have a, because what we think is our mindset, and again, because we are, we are human, we, we want to act and think in the way that, and God gave you a brain, and I get it. But again, we're, we're putting everything in the context of walking in a human way. So uh, we are trying not to sin. And this is what people are like, you know, have you ever witnessed to somebody and they're just saying, I'm going to get my life right and then I'm coming to church. That's what I'm going to do. And, and, and our mindset sometimes, even when we're in the church and we are born again, we don't see what I'm going to explain to you. 
we are trying to get sin out to get righteous. We're trying not to sin so that we can be righteous. And so we need to understand that you have righteousness because Jesus paid for it. So let me make this simple. Here's our first thought this morning. You don't get good to get God. You get God to get good. You need to hear what I just said. You don't get good to get I'm going to well, when I get good, I'm going to get God. I'm going to get myself saved. Yeah, Brother Brad, I'm going to go do that. Okay, well, you do that. That's great. But this is, if we understand this, you don't have to wait to get good. Has anybody ever said, well, if I come into church, the ceiling's going to fall in? Boy, I'll walk through the grace of doors of that church. It'll, you know what? No, it's not. We have to understand what we have in Christ. Righteousness is the life and nature of God. And, and a definition of righteousness for a layman is just God's right way of doing things. The right way of doing things. It is God's nature that is, that is righteousness. Do you work for righteousness? You can't. You cannot work for it. You don't have to feel it because it's not a feeling. It is just, it is given. You are right with God. All you have to do is, Father, I believe, I receive. You paid for it. I'm going to take. You know, there's things that I have at my house. My kids don't have to ask for them because they're my kids. So it's, come on, it's theirs because I'm their father. It is automatically theirs. It is not up for debate. It's not the kid across the street or across town. It's theirs because it is part of who I am and they are part of me, so it is theirs. Come on. This is what I want you to understand. We're having trouble sometimes. I just can't believe like you believe. Yes, you can. You're not seeing it the way God wants you to see it. You have righteousness. You have right way of doing it because in your old mindset, you're thinking you're not good enough. And through Christ, you are good enough. You see, the righteousness of God, the nature of him, he gives you a sense and order and completion. And you, you're with God. It's, it's great to go, you know, the Bible says to resist the enemy and he'll flee. And it does say that. And my wife said it so, so well. He, you know what flee is? Flee is not the thing on a dog. Flee means, I mean, he's like, I'm out of here. He's running. He's not just like, I got to go. He's like, whoa. But the verse before resist is submit. And that's when submission is. Have you ever, you know, sometimes you heard about the little boy in school. The teacher said, okay, I need everybody to sit down. And Billy didn't want to sit down. She said, Billy, sit down. Billy didn't want to sit down. So she said, young man, you will sit down or you'll go to the principal's office. So Billy sat down and he was like this. And she said, what is it? He said, I am sitting down on the outside, but I'm standing up on the inside. You ever have, you know, some of your kids, sometimes if, you know, if, you, if you're a parent and you want to tell them to do something, they're like, you know, just simple, clean your room or do this or do a chore. And they just fight you the whole way. And you want to be like, oh, Jesus, touch until their eyes pop out. I mean, what happened? Why, how, why is this hard? You know, I mean, there's just all those kinds of things. Sometimes we just can't see it because, you know, we think we want to sing the Frank Sinatra song, I Did It My Way. This is not Burger King, and you're not Frank. 
not that I don't know where Frank's at. That's between God and Frank. But I'm telling you, this is God. And so if we want to do this right, we have to do it God's way of doing things. Romans 3.10 says, the scripture says, no one is righteous, not even one. That is why the scripture, I can give you so many scriptures. That's why it says, we have in him we live, we move, we have our being. In Christ, I can do all things. I get strength because I'm in Christ. See, this is all about being in. It is God being in you, Christ in you. If we are sin-minded or sin-conscious-minded, the enemy will tell you, look, look at all the times you've missed it. Look at what you've done wrong. You didn't do this. It might be a, a sin of something you did. It might be a sin of something that you were supposed to do something right and you didn't do. And it, so it's on either end. And he plays you and he beats your brains with condemnation and guilt. Am I the only one that he's done that to? He'll tell you about your past, your gloomy outlook, your future. You can't do this. But God has plans for you, but we have to get past this place. We want to be influenced by that mind of Christ. See, if we stay sin-minded, we stay past-minded before Christ, or even if you're in Christ and you made a mistake, you, you still have to get to the point of letting the blood do what it's supposed to do why because the enemy is out for this because listen because the bible says as a man thinks in his heart so is he if he can get you to think my prayers aren't effective i am not i can't do any of this i can't you know if i just get to heaven it'll be just be the all i can do well the enemy will keep you there if that's where you want to be but if you understand what I'm saying, let me, let me just say this and, uh, and stop where I'm at. Um, 1 Corinthians 15, 34 says, think carefully about what is right and stop sinning. We have lost in America a fear of the Lord. And what we need is to get that back. Not a fear of God because he's... God, I mean, when I was a kid, I had my own interpretation of God. I, I thought God was a big old white man with a long beard that stood up in heaven with a big gavel and like, you know, whack-a-mole. He just, if I did something wrong, <laughs> and I mean, I was just scared of him. And I was scared of Jesus, and, I, and then I'd see a movie on TV, and some of you heard this story, and one of those movies, it looked like G Jesus was, you know, had been on drugs or something, his face was all drawn in, his hair looked greasy, and and I was just like, man, I don't, I don't want that guy coming into my room with a big white light and a bony finger going, Brett. I was just, it would scare me. And then I would lay awake at night with my light on. And I was 24. No, I was not. <laughs> and I had, a, uh, I had a coat rack in my room. And I had, you know, like my sweatshirts and, and hood, hoodies and stuff on there. And, and they would sometimes make the shadow of, like, Jesus' face on the wall because of the way the light hit him. I'd go up and I'd mess him up real quick. I'm just telling you, man, it would just freak me out. So when I got saved, one of the biggest things for me was I was just afraid of God. Because my mindset, listen to what I'm telling you. All I knew was I knew I needed God, but I was afraid of him. That's it. And I just, you know, I, I didn't want to be afraid of him. But he gave me dreams that were different, that were cool, that were, we were friends, and he was helping me and all that, and he wasn't scary. But when I got saved, the night I got saved, I was sleeping in my mom and dad's room on the floor. 
because I was scared. And I, it was 1980, January 2nd. Isn't that funny how you can remember that? But I was sleeping on the floor, and I asked my mom because I was afraid. And my mom's sitting there today. I asked her, I said, can I sleep on your floor tonight? And she's like, okay. You know, isn't that great for a mom? Moms just have hearts of compassion. You know, because she'd probably be like, yes, you can sleep on my floor. <laughs> she didn't say it that way. But, you know, she's told my dad, she said, you know, Brett wants to sleep on the floor. My dad's like, what does he need to sleep on our floor for? He don't need to sleep on our floor. And she said, just let him tonight, just one night. So, so he did. And uh, so I'm sleeping on the floor while trying to sleep. And in my mind, isn't that where our battle's at? It's always in between our ears. In my mind, all that kept coming is condemnation. You're afraid. Why would God save you? You did this and this and this. Who do you think you are? You're not saved. You feel the same. Nothing happened to you when you gave your heart to the Lord. My sister uh, is the one that led me to the Lord at her house at about 410 that afternoon. And I mean, just wrestling with that. Can I just say this just to diffuse that? If nothing happened to you, the enemy wouldn't be fighting you to tell you nothing happened because something happened. That's why he's telling you nothing happened. So when I finally realized that, that was finally cool. But I was laying there. Have you ever, now maybe this is just because I'm a guy. You, you're out there and you're playing when you're growing up and you're playing army or something and, then you, or you're, and you feel like somebody, ooh, somebody, you know, somebody's watching you. Or maybe, maybe it's just me. I don't know. But I'm laying on my stomach, and I'm just trying to get to sleep, and then I feel like somebody's watching me. Well, it's not my mother, because once she goes to sleep, there could be an earthquake, tornado. They're going to have to be angels wake. Jeannie, get up. He's back. <laughs> <She's>, <laughs> she was gone. So, I, and, and I turned around. And Jesus was standing in the doorway, but he wasn't in a white robe. He didn't have greasy hair. He didn't have any bony fingers. And he was in a three-piece suit, exactly like the one I had. And I'm just telling you the truth. And he, and he had his hands like this. And he was standing there, and, and in, through mom and dad's bedroom was the hallway, and right past it was the bathroom. We had to have a nightlight on in the bathroom, not because of me. Just saying. But because if mom ever got up in the middle of the night, you know, she was already, you know, comatose. She ever get up in the middle of the night, she's got to find the way to the bathroom. I love picking on her. It's good to have you back, mom. This is her first service back, so it's good to have her back. So anyway, uh, so the glow from that nightlight hit the side of his face. And there's a picture in my garage. If you go in my garage, there's a picture of my dad, senior picture. And there's a picture of Jesus. And the picture I have of Jesus was the closest one they had at the time of what I saw that night. He looked at me, and, and I remember I was just like hit with this flood of peace. I wasn't fear. It was just this, like, the best way I could ever tell you. And he, he went like this. He kind of shifted his weight a little bit, had his hands like this, and he tipped his head. And the glow from the nightlight... I could see him smile, and he looked at me just like that, and I was just like, it's Jesus, and then he didn't go like this, uh, and, and I turned around, I said, mom, dad, like that, and, and my dad is like, which he doesn't like being woke up, but 
You know, and I turned back around and he was gone. My point is this. My mindset saw one thing. But Jesus is bigger than your mindset. If we could get to righteousness and understand that it's something provided. Remember last week we talked about the Calvary package. What he did on Calvary, you already have. He have his righteousness. That's how you're, you know, you're not righteous by yourself. But through Christ you are. So if we'd understand this righteousness, it's in the DNA. When you got born again, that's how that happens. You are righteous because you are born again. Remember, you don't get good to get God. You get God to get good. Romans 10, 1 through 3. Dear brothers and sisters, longing in my heart my prayer to God for the people of Israel to be saved. I know that enthusiasm they have for God, but it's misdirected zeal for they don't understand God's way of making people right with themselves. Refusing to accept God's way, they cling to their own way of getting right with God and trying to keep the law. You cannot be Mr. and Mrs., you know, I'm good, or I'm the Jones, I'm the Smith, or I'm the goody two-shoes, or whatever. You can't kiss up to God. I mean, he just doesn't work that way. He doesn't take it that way. He, it won't get you anywhere. You have things that are already provided. Righteousness is something that is God's nature, and it comes to you by faith. It's part of that package. So we can walk in it. Here's our second thought. We have to focus on Jesus because it's all about him. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, anyone who belongs to Christ... Listen, has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new person has begun. That means your past. Everything before is gone. The old things that you did, the lifestyle, the condemnation, the sins, the guilt, the old habits, the shame, the old thoughts that passed away. The word creature in the Greek is a species or a new race. Remember the flood? God was so disgusted. He's like, ah. And then the promise, the rainbow promise. That's what a rainbow means. It's not a different lifestyle, people. But this is the promise. And he says, I'm not going to do that again. You know how he, he gets new creatures? They get born again. Old nature, new nature. That's how that happens. He said, I got a way. My son will die for them. And that's how we inherited that. 521 of 2 Corinthians. God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sins so that we could be made right with God through Christ righteousness that's how that happens it's the great exchange it's like all the things i did wrong he said i get it i'll take them here here's all that i am right and i'll give it to you we need to have a fear of the lord to understand not just i don't want to do this because i don't want to get caught i don't want to do it because it's not right and when he comes back i got to get that stuff you know let's take care of it now 180 uh, Thursday, Caden was the speaker, and he's, a, he's one of our youth, and we we're just encouraging and help building them up. And he, he showed a video. It was like a 40-minute video. We didn't watch the whole thing. We watched like 12 minutes of this thing. And, and the guy's name is Bob or Bill Weiss, I think. But it was 20, you can look it up, 23 minutes in hell. It will rock your cage, man. I mean, we had like 10 students there, and you could hear a pin drop. Because all this guy, this guy ends up going to hell, and then he gives all this scripture. Of course, he's, he's born again now and tells all of this stuff about, you know, why this is so important to understand and have a fear of the Lord. Hell is not a joke. There's people, I'm going to hell, I'm going to party with my friends. You know what? Party in hell is canceled due to fire. Gonna be any, there's no party in hell. They're gonna, you'll be completely separated. Completely. 
Can I tell you all of this stuff going on, all the COVID and this and this and this? Do you know that God sees everything? Everything. Nothing gets by him. It's time that we start repenting and just say, oh, God, help me. Let me do what you want to do. I don't want to look here or here. I want to stay focused on Jesus. Because my only answer is going to come from him. Focus on Jesus. If you focus on what God says, you will be all right. You see, people think the problem is faith. Brett, PB, I can't, I can't, I don't have the faith you have. Well, faith is exercise, it's built. I, I, I get that. I'm not, I mean, I'm not great. I put my pants on just like you do, but this is what, I don't think you have a faith problem. I think you have a righteousness problem. You don't think you're worthy, and so you don't believe it'll go past your mouth. I don't think like that. Because I am the righteousness of God through Christ, I know that when I pray, he hears me. Period. Here's our third thought. So we got to get faith. Faith comes by hearing, but it's established, listen, by righteousness. If your faith is weak, let's look at righteousness. Maybe you just don't think, I just, I don't got the goods. You got the goods because you got Christ in you. And if you don't, I'll help you get him today. It's all good. You, you got to get this down inside. You got to understand this isn't about you. It's about Christ. And Jesus is saying, I got a better way for you to live. See, if I stay sin conscious, if I stay sin minded. I always think, well, I got to feel something. You know, it's past feelings. I mean, there's people that are married in the room. You don't have to raise your hand. I prefer that you don't because you probably will get in an argument on your way home. <clears throat> Kim and I have been married for 35 years. I cannot stay, say to you that we have never had a problem. We have never argued. We have never. I can't say that. We've had some doozies. We're both of us probably not proud of those. <laughs> But you know what? How many knows that love isn't just a feeling? Come on. It is a commitment. It is something that you understand that God goes past your feeling. Because you don't always, do you always feel saved? Take a hammer, stick your thumb out. <laughs> Jason said, praise, praise Jesus. <laughs> Some of you won't say praise Jesus. <laughs> Go watch Evan Almighty and you'll be like, oh, well, I'm just saying, you know, sometimes we don't always feel safe. Things happen to us. We don't know. Have you ever had one of those days where you start doing something and it goes wrong and you, you go to fix that and something else goes wrong? I mean, have you ever dropped something and you're like, oh, my goodness, and you go down to get it, whatever you had in your pocket, it falls out. You had water in this hand. It dumps out. What time is it? Oh, no. Now look what I and you're like, Whoa! OK, just me. You don't always feel, this isn't about your feelings. This is about your knowledge and about fact of what the word says. I am righteous in Christ. Am I perfect? No. But Christ is. So because he's perfect, I have rights. Are you getting it? You know, the parent of all religion is sin-minded or sin-conscious. 
The enemy's going to get you to feel condemned. He's going to do that all the time. But that's what true repentance is. When you truly repent, you don't have to sit there and be like, I'm so sorry. You can still be sorry, but I'm just telling you, if Jesus paid for it, he paid for it. He's not bringing it back up. It is the enemy doing that. But that's when you truly repent. And repentance, one reason I love 180's name, 180 is like I'm doing a 180. I'm going the other way. I'm not doing a 360 and going back and facing it again. I'm going the other way. We don't have to feel something. We just, when we're right with God, we're just right with God. We call it fellowship. Did you know sin separates you from God? We don't want, you know, let me give you another example. If you, you say you're renting an apartment and you're three months behind on your rent, do you want to see your landlord? No, because when you see your landlord, you know he's going to say, hey, you got some money for me? You don't want to see him because you're not in fellowship with him because there's something that's just like, I'd rather not see you now. But when it, say if you paid yesterday or the day before, before August even hit, when you see him, hey, Bill, cooking some burgers on the grill, come on over. Because you're in good fellowship. You you've already taken care of things. It's time that we took care of things. It's time as people of God that we said, God, let's, let's get ourselves clean. Let's get ourselves right. Let's do what you want us to do. Let's focus on Jesus. Let's use our faith. But let's let the blood do what the blood's supposed to do. You see, when we're right with God, we don't have any sense of lack. We don't have overwhelming fear. Because perfect love casts out fear. Righteousness is the nature of God, and his nature is coming real to you. It's in your life. It's in your heart. When you accept Christ, that's part of that package. Sin always wants you to feel something first. That's sin-minded, sin-consciousness. 1 John 5, 17a says, all wicked actions are sin. And that's what separates us from the Father. When we are not living for God, it's natural to feel like, whew, I feel separated. Because our natural senses don't trust. But when we trust God, we go to another level. We go to a level, a level that's past what we can. I don't understand how he can take that away. I don't understand how he can make me whole. I don't understand exactly how all of that sacrifice works for me. But I believe it. So that natural becomes supernatural. I apply it to me. And now I'm back in fellowship. He sees me. As in fellowship with him. So remember, people try to get good to get God, but they need to get God to get good. We focus on Jesus. We get faith. Righteousness is simply God's right way of doing things. It's God's DNA. You don't earn it. You receive it by faith. Uh, Isaiah 54, 17. No weapon formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue which rises against you in judgment you shall condemn. This is the heritage uh, of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is from me. Uh, in New King James, that says vindication is righteousness. So, I mean, it's your righteousness is of God. It is, uh, you can say, I'm, I'm only human. I, well, I get it. He knows that. But in Christ, your righteousness is divine. Part of you is God in it. Why does the enemy hate us? Because we are made in his image, in God's image. He put God in you. It's in his nature. His nature is defined as this. The essence of essential qualities or attributes of the thing which consists of what it is. 
the nature of what it is. That's like a college term for God is just, I mean, it is all of his essence and qualities. Boom. That's it. Righteousness, his right way. It's everything right, nothing wrong. I told you this uh, before. Miracles are the dinner bell for the unbeliever. So in other words, when people that don't know Christ, they don't know God, they don't know Jesus, you are put here so that they can find out about him. Wherever you're at, we are the hands and feet of Jesus. That's what we do. We are, they'll know we are Christians by love. So how do we do that? So we need to do what God is asking us to do and do it the way that he's wanting us to do it. And there's going to be things, you know, that you're going to, you know, like, God, I don't get it. I mean, and I've told you the story, and I'll, I'll be quick about it. But I worked at Ponderosa. That's where I met my beautiful bride. I, she wasn't working there at this time, I don't believe. But um, I was a head cook there, and, and uh, we had a ribeye sale. And uh, they ran out. They didn't thaw out as many ribeyes as they needed. It was in the wintertime. And so now we had a line out the door, and we're out of meat, at least thawed meat. And, you know, if you don't have thawed meat and you put a frozen piece of steak on, you know, it's just going to burn the outside, and the inside's not going to be good. So they got some stuff they're trying to put in, in uh, the prime rib ovens to thaw it out and all kinds of stuff. But in the meantime, lock is frozen. It had rained. It was in the winter, and there's ice over the lock. They can't get the key in the lock. And the Lord spoke to me. Now, there's like 25 people out there. There's three different managers. And the Lord spoke to me inside. I didn't hear an audible voice. I didn't hear, Bruh. I didn't hear any of that. I just heard the Lord say, I need you to go grab that lock and command it to open in my name. And I was like, um, Jesus, can we talk? Because, you know, I mean, there's a lot of people here. And, you know, I mean, I, could, I don't know all of what I said to him, but I'm just like, it's cold. I don't have my coat. I mean, I don't know what I said. But I just, I didn't want to do it. And he said it again. And I, I was questioning him. I mean, just, I, I knew it so strong in there. It's just like inside I knew what he said. And, and he showed me in a picture of me wheedling through the crowd, just, you know, going up to do that. And I'm like, okay, okay. And now listen to what I'm telling you, because I'm being as honest as I can be. You might say, well, boy, your reputation's on the line. You know what? Not my reputation. Wasn't my idea. <laughs> and I, you know, I would defend that. I was like, you told me to do it. <laughs> But I walked through there, and there are their managers there, and there's one of them, boy, he's cussing up a storm, and, you know, we got to get this, blah, 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 blah. And I went in, and they, you know, they all looked at me like, what are you doing? And I grabbed hold of that lock, and I said, in the name of Jesus, open. And pulled my hand down, the thing went thunk, and opened up, and I could hear everybody go, <gasps> and I remember walking out of there, and I remember looking and going, oh, my gosh, that was so cool. And after that, I had all these people coming up. How did that happen? How did you do that? What did you do? What did that feel like? Do you do other things? You know, stuff like that. Just like, listen to what I'm saying. Dinner bell for the unbeliever. Because they're just like, oh my gosh. And I'm like, all I could say was, God told me to do it. Oh, okay, all right. But then they're watching. And the same guy that was out there watched that happen. And we had a shrimp sale, you know, with the steak and shrimp, the ribeye and shrimp. So we used the fryer a lot. 
And in that same season, that same time frame, we had to change the grease out. And so I'm walking back with a, like a five-gallon thing of grease, and, it, and he mopped the floor, and the floor is slick. And, and I'm trying to be careful, and it's sloshing in there. You know, I just emptied the fryer, and I knew I was going to fall because I started. You know, you know when you're starting to fall, and you're like, oh, this is not going to be good. And I remember thinking to myself, I need to set this down and try to roll away from it. And I set it down, and I caught my one hand like this, and my feet went out from under me. This whole arm went right into that grease thing, just poof. And all I can tell you is I said, Jesus! And I threw my arm out like this. So if there's dudes in the house, and I see that there are dudes in the house, yay to the dudes. Okay, so I pulled my hand out, and just like you're waxing your car, and, and it bubbles up when it rains, the grease just bubbled up on my arm. My arm wasn't red, nothing happened. I took a cloth, and I remember the dude, he goes, I don't believe I've ever seen anything like that. And, and I'm like, oh, my word. And I said, man, did you see what God did? And he's like, oh, the grease must have been cooled down. So we went in the freezer, got more shrimp, tossed it in there, fried it right up. And he's like, he doesn't know what to say. Can I tell you? If we start walking in the righteousness of God and doing what it's and focus on Christ and know that, you know, I'm God, I'm going to use my faith. Things start happening and people are like, oh, my word, you quit worrying about covid. You start doing what God says, quit looking this way and this way and start focusing on Jesus. God has got this, but he needs a people that will say, I am going to walk in the way you want me to walk. When you forget who you were and you start remembering whose you are, righteousness. If we are in Christ, we're a new creature. We have fellowship with him. The cool thing about when we get Christ inside, the enemy, he's got to, he becomes subject to what you say. And again, PK said it last week. She said, we can bind and loose, but we have to. We, you, know, you know how the keys were given to the enemy by Adam. And Jesus came, took the keys back from the devil, and gave them to us. And so that's why we are to be those Christians, those Christ ambassadors that go and do the work of the kingdom. God's right way of doing things. Righteousness paid for by Christ on the cross. We just said he, he just exchanged the, the sin for his righteousness. That's amazing. Our fourth thought is this. The enemy's going to want you to live in your past. He doesn't want you to hear what I'm saying because he comes after the word. He doesn't want you to understand that you don't have to live condemned. You don't have to live full of guilt. But you do have to understand. You do have to repent. You do have to say, God, I've got to get this thing right with the blood of Christ. But the enemy wants to keep you in your old mindset. There's two things in Revelation 12. This is, what it, this is the ammunition he's got. Number one, he's a deceiver, so deception. He's going to lie to you. Whatever the devil's telling you, I'm telling you the opposite is true. He's going to lie to you. Secondly, he is the accuser of the brethren. So he's going to lie and he's going to accuse. And that's what he's got. Everything else has been stripped from him. You know, you can just take him to school, man. Take him to school. He wants to open the door. Do you understand? He wants to, you know, oh my goodness. You know how, how important it is for you to grab this. You know why David could kick Goliath's butt? 
I'm sorry for saying but, but it's not a bad word. I don't think. You know why David could do that? I believe he took Goliath by surprise. Goliath is saying, why are you sending this boy out here? The Bible says that David got those stones and he got his sling and he ran towards Goliath. I think Goliath is like, the enemy is always going to try. That's why God gives you instructions. Sometimes we always like, oh, he's just, it's just the last minute. You know why he does what he does? Because the enemy won't know what he does till God reveals it to you and you act on it. And then you can take the enemy by surprise. Peter was a fisherman. Go fish. First fish you find, you catch, get the coin out. Why? How many knows if Peter would have looked through 100 fish, the devil's not stupid. Uh, something's going on with these fish, guys. Peter keeps looking at, I don't know, he's got some kind of a fish thing. I don't know. But Jesus is like the first fish you find a coin, use it to pay the taxes. The devil's not ready for that. Coin could have been anywhere, but no, he hid it from him for him. If we would understand the righteousness, sometimes we're just like, oh, my faith isn't good. I'm here to tell you today, I think a lot of your faith is fine. I'm not saying faith can't be better. Mine can be better. But I'm just saying sometimes we just don't feel we are good enough. And that's an insult. Not for you, but it's an insult to Christ. Because if you understand who lives inside you, you can't get any better than that. You know, people have always said, <clears throat> I've been around ministers for 30-some years or whatever, and they'll be like, man, I'm going to embarrass my wife, but that's one of the fun things I get to do because she's not up here to stop me. <laughs> she doesn't. <laughs> but they'll be like, man, you know, you see Gleason's wife? I'm like, that's right. I can prove you there's a God. I just go sit by her. That's all. I can be somewhere and I'll be like, God's real, look. And they'll be like, okay, no question. That's my own opinion. But I'm just saying, people will look at the God in your life. They'll look, you know, and, and people, they look for fruit. People that don't know Christ, they still look for fruit. If the quarterback isn't delivering, get him out, get a second, you know, get second string in there, whatever. You know, he can be a hero one second, and if he throws three interceptions, get him out, boo. Thank God. When Christ is in us, we have the best there is. We need the revelation of righteousness. And then the enemy can't manipulate you. He can't get you with sickness and disease. You don't have to feel well. If you're basing how you feel on, or your, your health on how you feel, come on. This isn't about your feeling. This is about your promise. I have to tell my body, you will do this. I'm going to say this, and I'm, I've only got one more thing, and I'm done. I mowed my whole yard last, this week. And you might say, that's nothing. Why, why you, I'm not brag. I'm just saying God is good. When I had the heart attack, that's what I was doing that caused the heart attack. So me mowing was like Goliath because that was running through my brain. So last week, I couldn't mow the whole yard. I was a 
I'm just going to say I was. So I'm just telling you, I'm as honest as I can. I was afraid. I mowed backyard, I rested. I mowed part of the front yard, I rested. I mowed the other part of the front yard, I rested. And I battled. Kim kept saying, are you okay? I'm all right. Because my mind, I was just like, you know, and the enemy wanted to say, it's happening again. It's happening again. This is going on, da-da-da-da-da. And I had to be fighting. This week, I said, I'm doing it. I am mowing the yard. And so she didn't, she didn't question me. She didn't stop me. She's been an incredible wife, very supportive. And I said, I'm going to mow the yard. And she, she just looked at me. You know how your spouse can look at you and look in your eyes? Um, and, and she's like, she already knows what you're thinking. Like, if I have a headache, she takes an aspirin. You know what I'm saying? So um, she just looked at me and said, okay. So I went out, and I mowed the yard. And I'm like, I'm not stopping. I'm mowing the front yard. So I'm mowing the front. I, I think everybody's thinking, at least in this day and time, this is what they're probably saying. He's probably got a Bluetooth in. Because I'm, I'm talking the whole time I'm mowing. Thank you, Christ. By your stripes, I am healed. My heart is strong and good. And I'm mowing the grass. I cut you down in the name of Jesus. <laughs> oh. So, man, I just mowed the whole yard. I did the trim. I painted two sections of stained our fence. I worked out that day in the morning and rode the bike for 20 minutes. I'm just like, I'm healed in Jesus' name, and I am not going back. And again, I had to face the giant. But you can do just what I did because of righteousness and what Christ did on the cross. Because I believe, I love this about what Jesus said. Jesus went to Lazarus's tomb, you know, and they said he called Lazarus's name because if he would have said, just come out of there, the whole graveyard would have got up. So he called Lazarus. And, and this is what I want you to hear. He said, before he said that, he said, Father, you hear me. You always hear me. When I pray and Christ is in me, and that's why it's so important to pray in the spirit because the Bible says you pray perfectly. So when I'm walking, I'm speaking in tongues. I'm mowing the yard speaking in tongues. Now, I've been in places before Bluetooth were, were you know, and we were in the store, and Maddie was with me, and some guy, I thought he's talking to me. He's like, I don't see it here anywhere. I don't see this chicken noodle soup or whatever. And I'm like, dude, it's, it, it, it's right there. And then I realized he's talking to somebody, and it's not me. Oh, okay. So I told Maddie, I said, he's got a Bluetooth. We went out for, we were on a date. We went out to McDonald's, and we were eating. There's a guy on another table, and he was just going on and on and on. And she looks at me, she goes, Daddy. There's another guy with a Bluetooth. We looked at him for a minute. I'm like, he didn't have a Bluetooth, honey. <laughs> and she was like, oh. <laughs> but what I'm saying is it, it is amazing what Christ will do in you perfectly. So when I'm praying, I know he hears me. He always hears me. So I don't question that. Isaiah 54, 17, no weapon formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue rises up against you in judgment you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is from me. Who's it from? It's from Christ. It's from God. It's God in you. He's bringing to pass what he wants to do on this earth because you're taking Jesus' place. He's at the right hand of the Father, and he's counting on you and I to do the work of the kingdom. Here's our last point, and then we're finished. The law's not even made for you. 
1 Timothy 1, 9 and 10. For the law was not intended for people who do what's right. It is for people who are lawless and rebellious, who are ungodly and sinful, who consider nothing sacred, defile what is holy, who kill their father or mother, commit other murders. The law is for people who are sexually immoral or who practice homosexuality or are slave traders, liars, promise breakers, or who do anything else that contradicts the wholesome teaching. God says in Jeremiah, I'm going to write those laws on my heart. Jeremiah 31, 33. And then you can read that right there. He says he's going to put them on your heart. This is why I'm telling you, you can choose another lifestyle. But I just read it. It's wrong. It's wrong. It's not biblical. It won't get you where you think, you. yes, God is love, but you ain't going. If you choose another lifestyle outside of this, I still love you. Going to love you. Going to continue to love you. And hopefully, you will understand that God died. Jesus, he died so that you could have what you need. And that's not what you need. Not that lifestyle. If we're going to take this city, we've got to get our hearts right. We've got to get our hearts right. I believe that there is an influx of people coming, and there's going to be so much stuff happening. We need to get righteousness inside us. Now, in the next two weeks, we're going to finish and we're going to do, we're going to talk about joy and peace. But we'll, we'll be able to walk in the kingdom. 1 Peter 3, 12, the eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right. And his ears are open to their prayers, but the Lord turns his face against those who do evil. You are righteous if you keep Christ in you. And you stay before the Lord because you have, listen, you have a fear of the Lord. Not a bad fear, but because, God, I just respect and honor and love you. Now, 1 John 5, 14, 15, I won't read the whole thing, but it just says we know that he hears us and we'll have what we ask for. Isaiah, um, our righteousness will bring, and this righteousness will bring peace. It will bring quietness and confidence forever. How many want peace and quiet? Now, I'll give you just an example. There's sometimes when I was a kid, I did something wrong. Sometimes. If my sister didn't blame me for it. Um, but um, my mom would say this line to me. You just wait till your father gets home. And she'd send me to my room. Can I tell you, my father always came home. And he would come home, and I knew what time he'd get there, and I knew when he got in the door, I'd hear her say, David, your, your son, the da 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 And then I was going to get disciplined. My point is this. God, God is watching. He doesn't miss anything. Let's get it right. Let's quit playing Russian roulette. Let's get this thing right, and let's let righteousness of Christ in us lead the way, change our lives, walk in it, watch our faith go out the window in a good way, just up the scale. When we pray, things start happening. Why? Because before we didn't believe we could, but now we do because of Christ. Would you bow your heads, close your eyes, stand to your feet, please?